This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to another amazing installment of 360 Biz. Man, I haven't been here, I think, in a week or two. I'm excited to be in studio today. We've got entrepreneurs and hustlers in studio. I mean, uh, closing off, I think we're wrapping up Mandela Month. And it was beautiful. I think one of the key things I'd like to get from the guests a little bit later on in the show is... What do they feel around this whole Mandela month and what were they up to as well? I hope you guys are twice as excited as me to be on the show today. My boy Tewo was out with a flat tire, but he's going to be joining the show in a couple of seconds. Tewo, wherever you are, we know you're coming to the show. We love you. I'm not riding solo today. I'm with my girl Nero, who's going to be telling us about... Actually, Nero, how are you? How was your day? Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Neil. Uh, I'm good. I think I had a rough day, but all is well. Gotcha. Yeah. So what are we doing today? So today we're talking about it's a Opportunity Wednesday. So our opening line is entrepreneurs and innovators fuel economic growth. We rely on them to create jobs, implement pioneering ideas, and attract global investment. Entrepreneurial opportunities of all types exist in every part of the world. And while opportunities may be diverse in different economic contexts, there are ambitious entrepreneurs everywhere with the aspirations to pursue them. What I love about entrepreneurs, especially in Africa, is that they have learned how to run challenges into solutions and solutions into opportunities, ultimately making money. It has become more it has become more apparent. Yeah, well, the screen yes. just went blank, yeah, so, so you guys don't think she's not receiving the cue. Yeah. I'm just sitting here as I open the phone up and I think to myself, one of the guests is sitting in studio with his button off. One of his top, two top buttons off. And I'm thinking, the day I'm as rich as this guy, I'm also going to pop two, three buttons. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, What I love about entrepreneurs, especially in Africa, is that they have learned how to turn challenges into solutions and solutions into opportunities, ultimately making money. It has become more of creating opportunities for yourselves and your community in order to make something out of your life and your business. Entrepreneurs today are breaking barriers and kicking those locked doors. To talk about opportunities, we have three amazing guests and I'd like each of them to introduce themselves and and what it is that they do. Uh, cool. So uh, I guess I'll start, right? Um, so my name is Mikhail Moyo. I'm a managing partner of a tax consultancy that we founded called Empower and Associates. So we take, you know, your hassles out of taxes, but it's not just filing tax returns. We actually do advise you and things like that and mm-hmm. how to actually like decrease how much tax you pay. So oh, it's got wow, nothing wow. to do with just, you know, filing <laughs> a tax return, right? So we'll teach you how to beat SARS effectively, oh, nice. but legally, legally. You know, <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> I know, I know, I know it's un, I know we're on un radio now and things, but no, we must, we must put that one in there that is definitely 100% above board. And nice. that's how we do. Nice. So I'm Katleho Rakoma. Uh, my handle on Twitter is catsindustrialist1 on Instagram, catsindustrialist. I am uh, a manufacturing industrialist. Uh, for the last five years, we've been in the manufacturing space for manufacturing appliances for the major blue, blue chip retailers. And getting into other sectors in the manufacturing space like furniture, uh, agro-processing, uh, food processing, uh, just expanding around the country. We've now in, we now have our own about three factories now around the country, uh, currently employing about 50 people permanently. Uh, and we're just expanding and growing and excited to be here, man. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. Sir? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Matlo Ronolo. They say name is Tagalu. Uh, they call me General, for those that know me. <laughs> and I feel like I should also say my, my Twitter handle. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's at Tagalu Shori, Instagram, Twitter, and also Facebook. Uh, basically, I'm the CEO of La Magia. Uh, La Magia deals with photography, videography. We do the, 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 also do the graphics. We, we also do the events. We organize, we manage, and also we, 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 we implement new things into the event. Why we use the word La Magia? La Magia is a Spanish word. Uh, they also use it in Portuguese. Uh, it means the magic. So in everything that we touch, it's a magical touch, the magical thought, everything that we do, it's all about the magic. What is Lamaji? Pardon? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 if you want to know why, if you want to know why, So, guys, I mean, Neo, guys, um, so what you guys, what do you guys feel around um, Mandela Month and what were you guys up to? Any takers? Uh, Mandela Month, I think it's a, it's a great concept, right? But I just feel like it's, it's been over commercialized. You know, that's, that's, that's just my personal view. I feel like if you're going to be a philanthropist, be a philanthropist. Mm. Do it, you know, 365. Don't do it for 67 minutes on a specific day. Yeah. Or don't just do it in a specific month. If you're going to give, give. Mm. You know, it mustn't now be, oh, well, you know, it's Mandela Month. This is the time. You know, it's like Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah, it's a cool <laughs> thing, right? But are you not going to buy flowers or things or go out <laughs> on a date on any other day? Mm. Right. You know, so uh, I don't know. That's, that's my personal view. But I mean, so I just did what I always generally do, which is like, you know, get people food and, you know, those types of things. That's, cool. that's what I'll just do. Everything mm. that I generally do. I think for me, uh, because I was born, uh, prior to Mandela being released out of prison. So I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a born free. I was born during a time when South Africa mm. was going through amateur gas uh, strikes in school. I mean, I went to township schools. I I didn't go to multiracial schools until later on, since you know after the democracy. So Mandela for me has a different concept. I actually experienced a bit of South Africa before '94. Then mm. that was quite violent and mm. uh, full of oppression. So I still celebrate Mandela Month. I still celebrate Mandela Day. Uh, the significance of it for me is is far much more than just helping the next person. It's helping South Africa. It's, it's, it goes back to what um, a very famous president said: "Don't ask what you know your country can do for mm. you, but ask what you can do for your country." Mm. And mm. I think Mandela, for me, represents that: is what can you do for South Africa? Uh, you know, not just for a month, but for a year. So we mm. we inspired by his we inspired by his boxing boxing life. We started a lot of boxing clubs around. The industrial zones where we're operating. So when we open a factory, let's say in Bakweni, for example, in Pomalanga, we would open a boxing club there, invite kids from the rural areas to get into boxing, oh, or buy a few cool. punching bags. Yeah. So we we partnered with other celebrities as well to do that and to expand in that, uh, not just on Mandela Day, but he's the inspiration behind mm. that mm. for us to do business and make profit and also reach our communities and and use sport. Because Mandela believed that sport was quite a, a critical mm. uh, a, a tool to use to unite a country. Uh, he used rugby, he used soccer, and uh, and he was a boxer himself. So we decided to get into that and to to start helping a lot of young children around the country. Where we open factories. Also for morale, uh, it's it's important because when you walk around, when you go around the country, our country is losing jobs mm. dramatically. Mm. We're losing jobs. 
factories are shutting down. That's tough. The 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 unskilled labor system is getting poorer and poorer. The workers are going to be, are going to be striking because of uh, you know lack of job opportunities. Uh, it's not a real story uh, that uh, we're actually succeeding. We're actually not succeeding in the industrial space. Uh, we're closing more factories at an al- alarming rate, and that's where the jobs are created in the rural areas, in mm. the small towns, mm. uh, where you your local manufacturers develop product, manufacture product. So I think this Mandela, the next Mandela month, I definitely want to highlight what's happening in, in terms of those areas. People are losing jobs at an alarming rate. Uh, Number one, because of we we're not doing enough. We, if you go to a government zone, another government economic zone, uh, you'll find empty factories, mm-hmm. rotting infrastructure. People don't have jobs, so we 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 have to do more there as well, and, hmm. and use the Mandela inspiration to do more there. Hmm. I think I like I like I like what you raise, but I think I'm gonna unpack it a little bit yeah. more because those hubs that they are building that are underutilized, that are too politicized, yeah. become very problematic yeah. for entrepreneurs. Extremely. Definitely now. Uh, for my Mandela month, I'm sort of like a bone free. I just missed it by a year. Welcome to the new South African. From South Africa, we know what it Almost a Mandela kid. You didn't miss out on anything, trust me. So, uh, I think I share the same sentiment saying that Mandela month is sort of like over commercialized. Uh, I believe that consistency is key. So if you are celebrating man- the late Icon Mandela, I think you should just do it throughout and not just in yeah, the yeah. in the month or the day, Mandela Day, and then it's all hyped up. I think you should just remain consistent. So I think I've, I've maintained my consistency and I've done what I've done throughout the year, which is giving and honoring Mandela's memory. Hmm. Fair. So, well, um, I mean... Two gentlemen plus one lady there. They've said it all. But, uh, with me, Mandela Day, you know, it's a 67 minute and, um, I spend it in a shower. No, no, I'm kidding. But basically, <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, it's so just a shower. You must yeah, know it's good. Yeah, now you shower, must shower, 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 brother. And, uh, <laughs> come on, guys. So clearly you're not in Cape Town. The guys in Cape Town don't want to hear that. Yeah. He showered for how long? 67 what? He does not want to hear that. Yeah. 67 seconds, you yeah. must mean. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, sure. No, I'm kidding. Uh, basically, we don't do, uh, we don't do Mandela month. We do Mandela year. There we go. Yeah, yeah, we do Mandela. Yeah. Basically, what, what we do, um, mm. we have a we have a movement by the name of uh, Spoken Word. Spoken Word is us poet coming together, you know, and 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 giving back to other poets and to the community. Mm. So basically, it's kind of like an agency, Spoken Word. What we do, we take all poets over in South Africa, and then currently we have like uh, nineteen professional poets and uh, five amateurs. Basically, what we do, and out of nineteen, sixteen, they're in Medunsa. And these kids, these students, they don't have money to go to school. They don't have money for registration. They don't have money for books. They don't have money for tuition. They don't have money for accommodation. So we come together and host some events. The money that we generate from those events, then that's where we pay the tuition fee. That's where we pay the the, the, the books and everything for the students in Medunsa, Sifakomahatu University. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool, man. And I think just as an opener, I mean, do you guys feel as entrepreneurs... Um, in your various spaces, the government is playing a role in supporting. Because I think we can't run away from the fact that government still remains the biggest client out there, singular client, ideally, apart from corporate, you know? I mean, apart from corporate being flexible with their payment terms and whatever the case is, do you then feel like 
government or rather and corporate are playing their part in terms of giving the space to entrepreneurs that are creating products to your taxation services to the products and services that you are offering um, and government funding and government being able to open up the playing field you know for entrepreneurs to fairly compete with guys that have been in the space for longer look I think it's got a I think it's also got to do with like the space that you're in right so for us, for instance, in the taxation space, we wouldn't need any, you know, funding, for instance, from the government, right? That's just purely based on our professional skills. So I guess you could look at the government funding being, was government around when we were trying to get scholarships and bursaries to actually go get these professional qualifications and things like that? And if that's going to be the question, then definitely not, right? They weren't playing the part that they were supposed to play. Um, I personally don't believe that enough focus and emphasis is placed on entrepreneurs. Right. But with that being said, we can't use that as an excuse because then if you're going to use that as an excuse, then it's, you're never going to start doing what it is that you want to because you're going to face challenges everywhere you go. Right. There will be something not going right. So, you know, what, what was the differentiating factor between a Bill Gates and, uh, you know, Elon Musk and, um, you know, Pachise Motsepe or Cyril Ramaphosa or, you know, um, Emmanuel Bonok or whoever, right? Why is it that they could then succeed? Even though there are a whole host of other challenges and things like that, right? Because unfortunately or fortunately as an entrepreneur, you're not just, you know, a business person. You also have to be, you know, a barrier breaker. You know, you have to be an obstacle crasher and those are the types of things. So I look at it and I definitely say, yeah, there is, there is a problem specifically around that. And, you know, even, even corporate, you know, private South Africa isn't, you know, doing what they should. I go around the country speaking on finance and things like that and telling people the truth about banks and loans and debt and, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd think that banks are happy that you're there actually trying to clean up their mess, right? And letting people know. But I mean, I've received messages from banks even, right? Saying that what I'm doing is wrong. And, you know, so you're like, mm, what's, what's this? Surely you should be giving me money because I'm helping you, right? And I'm cleaning up your image. But, you know, they don't, they don't do it. So is there, is there support? Not necessarily. But again, it's also dependent on like how you come in. Are you nice? Do you speak well? Do you dress well? Do you do all of those little, do you tick all the boxes with some of these guys in corporate South Africa? It's like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, you know, Mikhail, he, he speaks like us and, you know, he's okay. And yeah, like, oh, he plays hockey. And, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> just to jump into the conversation. Uh, look, I think South Africa has an, everything is linked to our history. And, and no matter how much you, you avoid it, it's linked to how South Africa came from after 94, building into a new society, inclusive country, rainbow nation. A lot of the narrative was sold to the country, but a lot of the work was not done. Mm. Uh, mm. So the narrative and the work are not matching. Mm. Uh, a, a lot of the, the, the important transitions that needed to be done uh, were not done. Uh, so what was sold in the first phase of our new dawn of democracy yeah. was the BE idea uh, that you have to, for, in order to transform the economy, you have to have a certain group of people buying equity hmm. in established companies. So that, that was the first idea around how to integrate majority black people into the mainstream economy. Yeah. It wasn't the right idea in my point of view based on the fact that uh, PE was open to abuse by certain few players. If you read articles from 2004, 5, 6, 7 from the former president, Tabumbeki, you will see that even the president at that time was quite worried about the BEE deals that were done because it was the usual suspects that he's just mentioned now. 
the usual suspects got the big, big cake guest, yep. because of they could raise equity. And how the, how equity and capital works is the more equity you raise, the more you can afford to get into other yes. assets. Yes. So it's not a, it's not even that they were doing it intentionally. It's just the way the market plays. It's the way mm. in which the market yeah. started gathering around more people with assets to acquire more shares in mm. bigger and established companies. So, so our natural past dictated that our future first phase of the economic transformation, especially with us, was a BEE strategy. That was the core strategy that they applied. Yeah. Now we're entering a second phase, which is now the true economic revolution, where we actually have to produce, become industrialists, become bankers, become people in the financial sector, actually bring value to the industries, not yeah. just acquire shares and BBE shareholders anymore. But then can I ask, can I ask, yeah. jump in and so ask you a question? In, yeah. yeah. So in terms of your, like your profession, your industry, right, which is industrials, like yeah. how's that been? Cause I, I can, I can imagine that no, no, that must I mean, be I mean, now. I mean, definitely <laughs> we have not, we're only starting to industrialize now mm. as a black group. Mm. In, in, in the country, which should have started in '94, but what we what we allowed to happen at that at that time is a lot of if you pre pre '94, you had black a lot of black entrepreneurs in South Africa who were who were successful in townships, who owned township yes. stores, township family stores, Abu Muloi, Abu Kumede, Abu Shabalala, and those families were the pillars of the community. Mm-hmm. And '94 happened, and Shoprite became the pillar of the community. community yeah. And it, 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 subsequent to that, they destroyed their businesses and they mm. couldn't become industrialists or continue with the industrial path because they were, they, the market changed, it shifted. So now we're entering a real economic transformation, which is we actually have to work the land, work the infrastructure, own means to production to be able to produce goods that supply uh, people in our country. Until we could, we can do that as black industrialists, as the next industrialists, mm. as black entrepreneurs, We'll be able to garner some ground unless we're able to produce our own brands, our own water, our own clothes, mm-hmm. our sure, own products, sure. fresh mm-hmm. produce products that we supply daily. I always tell many people that unless we own sugar, production of sugar, yeah. production of flour, right? And maize, you don't own your country. Nothing at all. Mm. Do you own, do we own maize? No, but you've also got to own, you've also got to own the entire value chain. You've got to own the value chain. So you've got to own the entire thing. Yes. So So, you you must own the logistics. You must own the the land, the shops, and you must own the actual product itself. And, and, and. So we own none of it (coughs) currently. Now, in Nigeria, Dangote is the biggest Biggest, flour, sugar, maize producer. Mm. So, and he's black. He owns that channel. Why is it important to, to own those sectors in the value chain because if we want a radical economic transformation the rand will go to 20 rand tomorrow and when the rand hits 20 rand tomorrow your mom and my mom won't afford bread sugar it's going to be 2000 rand a bag of sugar yeah so we need to control manufacturing production of those industries then you can have your land hmm then you're safe. Your currency, even mm. if it drops, if it drops, it doesn't matter. It doesn't you can still produce can still and supply produce. the poorest of the po- yeah. poorest. That's what happened in Zim. Zim collapsed because of flour, sugar, maize. Hmm. What's your take? Yeah, for sure. I mean, these gentlemen, especially uh, the gentleman next to me, he has taken all I wanted to say. 
bad uh I'm sorry I'm here for it all including yeah including the land you know to make light of the mood it's like a hashtag that was trending at the beginning of the year when it's coming for everything or something like that yeah coming for everything yeah coming for everything yes sir yeah for sure the gentleman is here I mean they say everything that's right I mean we need to own our own things you know, mm-hmm. we we need to yeah. be like uh, Haros Haros and have our own product. Definitely. You know, from our own soil, Definitely. which is our line, uh, our land, yes. of which government is not playing a part in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are institution, government institution. Uh, I mean that you can go and knock and you get a sponsor or anything, but then it's not easy as as as, as you may think. And mostly, those are the blacks, and they will say no to you while you are while you, you are a black. And other institution, what they do, what they do, they take your idea. And implement it somewhere while you are not aware. That's the government that we are living in. You know, you go with your idea, you give them idea. This is what you want to do. This is where you want to commence, and this is a financial structure which you want to take. This is a marketing strategy. Mm. But what they do, they take the very same thing and they implement yeah. it on their own. Yeah, because so going to a government and asking something yeah. is just kind of like a useless because you're yeah. going to someone who's going to steal your ideas. Yeah. Why rather start your own thing? You know, but and then give your all. Oh no, 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 no. You know what thing. it's. Uh, you know what it's like. Um, I was reading an article, yeah, and then um, they were asking um, the gentleman Elon Musk about um, why haven't you trademarked? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think the battery pack or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 The he then pack. says, "I'm the only one who's got the IP to this. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, this is my personal IP. I haven't trademarked." So he says to this government official. If I trademark it, who am I trademarking mm, it to? to yeah. A government yeah. official. Yes. Yeah. Or a government department. Yes. So a whole government department has As my, my IP. Tra- my yeah. IP. Yes. What is the likelihood of that IP now being in every other <laughs> product? Everywhere? 100%. 100%. You know? exactly. and yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's, you know, people, people will call that thought leadership and forward thinking. And I'm just like, no, chap, that's just like, that's being an entrepreneur. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to hold your, you're going to hold your hand close to your chest. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into a poker game and I'm going to show you like my exactly. entire hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. That's the part where people don't understand about copywriting and trademarks and things like that. Like you have, when you're trademarking, you have to tell the people that are protecting yeah. your IP that yeah. you have to tell them everything. Everything. Like, how you do it Like everything Everything, everything. You know what I mean And everything and everything You're right about that But I think also The world is conflicted now Because we're moving out of a third Industrial age Into, into the fourth Into a fourth one Yeah mm. uh, And since the industrial The beginning of industrial history From the 18th, 19th To where we are now The industrial age always changes with energy Energy is always a key driver yeah. mm, that changes mm, an industrial mm, age. So mm, if you look at mm. the industrial age, 19th, 20th, you look at how the Americans industrialized because of oil. Oil. Because of the Rockefeller oil industrialized American rail, yeah. which then opened industries and you could transport steel from one part mm. to another. Same thing with the industrial age we're going into now. Mm. You've got mm. renewable energy, which forms a part of the fourth industrial age. That's why the fourth industrial age is reliant on renewable energy mm. being yeah. the source of driverless cars, automation. Now you can drive a BMW and charge it up and drive it. Mm. So, But it introduces problems to you and I and to our brother and my cousin and my sister who works in a factory, who works in the service job, industry. Job losses. The, mm. the, tax, the tax consultants, the lawyers. With, with the fast you know, migration from this economy to the next, we're getting caught unawares. We're not training ourselves and upskilling ourselves for what's coming. 
Because yep. what's coming is going to disrupt our lives, our incomes. That's true. Yeah. And it's it's something that we have to discuss more and more now. Yeah. That's why we no. I started a, 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 a forum called the Next Industrialist. Nice. Because of specifically that. I saw that right now as we're talking next year, Europe and the US and, and Asia will be going to an AI conference to discuss. Now listen to this. To discuss global regulations on AI. Mm. Future yeah. regulations. That means what they agree to there mm. is going to be dictated over the world. And you're not even on the yeah. table yet to discuss what should apply to you. You so don't even know what's coming. So, so they're going yeah. to they're going to yeah. decide the morals of how AI must look after you and I. They can program whatever machine to reject you, to reject me, to reject mm. him. Yeah. They could. So you need to. We need to be involved now. In those discussions, mm. be pump, pump part of the legislation. So the UK is leading that, Asia is leading that. We must also lead our own wave because yeah, we're going to be disrupted. You look at 1910 to 1920, you needed a hundred thousand people to work, I mean, a million people to work in Detroit to, to manufacture cars, mm. the Detroit central of the world. Mm. Today, mm. it's not non existent, automated. It's automated, yeah. those million mm. people now. You, you need a hundred thousand now, not a million, to do the same thing you did in 1910 when you needed a million. Yeah, but people. that but that also comes with you've got to you've got to change the times, right? You've got to be flexible with that, yeah. and you've got to know exactly what's Definitely. coming. I mean, Most so, especially if you're an entrepreneur, exactly, because yeah. I come from an investment banking background, right? And one of the biggest banks in the world, Goldman Sachs, got rid of their entire trading floor, 600 traders, right? Yes, there are two left. What happened to the other 598 of them? They were replaced by an algorithm. Yes. Right, the two guys yeah. that are left there are quants guys. They're yes. the people that fix the algorithm, right? So they don't yes. even trade themselves. Mm. So you've always got to be upskilling yourself, always looking. I mean, I look at it from a tax angle, and it's what we are currently developing ourselves. Currently, right? We're currently developing our own AI. Wow! Right? Amazing. So, I, so I taught myself how to code. Amazing! Right? So Amazing. I'm now developing my own AI to actually Amazing. do people's taxes. But that's just the you know the back end to file all that stuff. Still cannot tell you, or I can say this with 100% certainty, right? That there will be no AI that will be able to take a better photo than you. You know what I mean? Yes. There won't be any AI that will be able to replace me to solve a specific problem because everyone's tax problem is going to be different. Yes, there's AI that can solve like your salaried employees, yeah, yeah. the salaried employees yeah. problem because those problems are exactly the same. You know, it's, it's the same Definitely. thing. But now when, like what we were speaking about off air, yeah. you know, you might actually need to speak to someone because how do you input that into, 100%. you know, 100%. and there's, and there's always like yeah. little gray areas and little like, so you've got to find your niche. Definitely. But then you also, you can't be scared of, you know, yeah. there's this technology. You can't be, you can't be scared of the fourth. You know, for the fact that, that we're here, I saw a post, and if we could just engage this for a bit. So I saw a post on Facebook, and mm. someone took a picture. I think they were in Brazil or wherever, wow. a friend of mine, and she mm. took a picture of uh, McDonald's. McDonald's is doing these kiosks, these electronic kiosks. Yeah, they were yeah, yeah, yeah. And the she mm. took a picture. She was like, well, um, here's what I experienced in Brazil. Now good riddance to the bad attitude. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so <laughs> I mean I looked at that and obviously my feelings are two ways because there's someone at the back end of that. Yes. And and latching onto the conversation mm-hmm. and as, as entrepreneurs obviously we need to upskill. 100%. But are platforms made readily available for the ordinary South African who's a bricklayer 
to mm. now utilize to find out to find ways of utilizing alternative building methods and what you get we get so so it becomes so there's a, a walk a moving contradiction that yes. says move yes. quick yes. but how, but how? That's the, and then there's another element where yeah. there's there's a great convenience that comes with it but there there's a jobs thing you know mm. and that's where i think the big i mean i mean is. let's look at it like this uh your business is a disruptive business as cliff central it's it's away from the traditional business mm. Uh, the traditional market is losing market share in terms of ad revenue, billions annually right now. Yep. And that that is because of the disruption of the tech business. Case, Good case in point. We should use a lot of South African case studies when we look at businesses. Yeah, and sure. stop the American we, can't, stuff. we can't stop them. We have yeah. to stop that American stuff. Yeah. Have but, to. But I mean, yeah. look at Netflix and DSTV. Now. Ooh, yeah. Okay. No, ooh. How many subscribers have they lost? 100,000? Yeah, I think a little bit more than that. A little bit more than that. A little bit more than that. But now you've been at a multi-choice to go pay for your account at one time. Yeah, you've seen the they employ disabled youth. Mm. They employ young people. Mm. No matter how much for that call center is. Yeah, I'm I'm about paying expensive costs towards pay TV. Mm. Ultimately, I see what they're also doing: training, upskilling young people. How do they migrate as a business to compete with a Netflix through Showmax through through another product? So the disruption is happening, but we have to migrate our work workforce, train them, and also get them to like what he's saying, to have a, a bit of both. Yeah, you have and to a have bit a of both. or a triple, you know, have a bit of both, you know, skill whereby you can be able to integrate yourself in the next transition. Mm. And we need to move with that quickly. And it starts with school schools, mm. early mm. childhood development. It starts with having tablets in schools and having kids mm. in preschools in townships having tablets, starting coding classes in, yeah. in, in primary schools. Mm. And those kids are the next fourth industrial a, a generation that's mm. going to be running the country. Mm. And we got to do that now. Now. Right. I think Not later, but now. I think it's all go back to skill development, you know, as, as, as South Africans. You know, there are, there, are, there are a lot of skill gaps. You know, mostly in entrepreneurs. You know, we are not skilled enough. We don't have that ability. We are not that capable as as as, as the entrepreneurs. And you gave him a very uh, nice example about McDonald's. You know, uh, if I were managing that franchise for that time, it's good for me because I'm not going to pay for an employee who's going to work there. You know, it's advantage for me. But for someone, is a disadvantage because that someone. Um, it may be a breadwinner at home. Yeah, yeah exactly. you, you, you get my yeah. point. But for me as an entrepreneur, it's okay because I, I fix the machine. machine yeah, exactly. Works for the me. Machine yeah. I don't have to work to, to pay for that person. Yeah, that yeah. machine is not going to strike. You get no, me? Never, you know what I mean? No, 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 <laughs> and never. it exists. You recharge. Of which I'm happy as an entrepreneur. The machine is not going to strike. Yeah. yeah. There's no labor or any union There's for no that machine. There's no smoke breaks. And in that machine, the very same machine is there 24 7. You know, that yeah. machine that doesn't have to be there at 8 and leave at 5. You yes. stay 24-7. So things that should be easy for me as mm. entrepreneurs. But then for second person, it's something else because that person is a breadwinner at home. Yes. I mean, he or she has to bring something at home. Yeah. And, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking a bread out of, out of, out of, out of, out of his or her own mouth or of mm. which mm. is bad for, for, for that kind of a person. So we need to look at both sides. It is good, but then at some other point, I mean, it is yeah, bad. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's an economic but we need aspect. To, no, exactly. Yeah, there's, Mel, a, there's a huge economic aspect. What's your take? Uh, I don't have much to say. Like, uh, because we're speaking about globalization mainly. So what I want to know is, 
Do you think that globalization has a bad influence on the entrepreneurship space in the future? I think if I if I may jump into that, uh, for me, I see it daily based on because governments are, are protected; they protect themselves through tariffs, through duties. So if I must import a bottle of water from, let's say, the UK into South Africa, they'll, there's protection, you know, duties to pay, these all sorts of costs that that derive to that product. So South Africa right now, because of globalization, has lost a lot of manufacturing jobs mm-hmm. in the textile industry to China, in the clothing industry. I mean, I can go on and on and yeah, on and on. Yeah. Furniture industry is battling now oh. because of uh, pressure coming from other countries that are manufacturing at, at far much cheaper costs than we can because they've integrated their economies to be able to have raw material in their economy yeah. all the way through the line to final product manufacturing which China has managed to do well. South Africa has enough factories, hmm. enough infrastructure to go the way China has gone. The problem that we don't have is the skill to actually compete at their level, at a competitive level, yeah, competitive yeah, manufacturing, yeah. competitive pricing. And oh. you only get competitive pricing when you own the components in the market, the exactly. raw material, oh. and the value chain to produce that product. So uh, they've managed to use it to their advantage. Even in America, that's, that's mm, what mm, Trump is mm. fighting China about through the the steel tariffs and, and all the, of that. The, all those, yeah. So the, the fight is always about tariffs. It's always about hiking. You're protecting your economy by hiking that. We haven't really increased our duties that much in the last few years. Trade and industry's duties haven't really adjusted that much. And we need to maybe make some adjustments. But, but I mean, for example, you look at duties for water manufacture in, in TVs. To import a full product, your duty is about 35% on top of mm-hmm. product price mm-hmm. that you'd pay. With local assembly, I'd save that 35% and price it in and make money off that. So there's opportunities because of your duties can protect your manufacturing capability locally to make your, your price competitive to the retailers. But it's still not enough because we don't own value chains. We're still sourcing things from all over the world mm, yeah. and it dilutes your pricing and the rand is weak. Every week the rand is moving and the movement of the rand and the currency affects how you're importing even your, your raw material. Which, which, which eats into your product. But globalization has, has to some, has to, has to some, 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 some degree been good for the world as well. Because it's introduced a certain level of standard of quality across yeah. the world. Uh, we all have a certain, I mean, you can travel to Russia tomorrow and walk into a McDonald's and you can still get the same meal you get here. Yeah. I mean, you travel to China. I don't eat any of the food in China. When I'm there. No, you, like, don't, you don't eat any food no, in the East. I, <laughs> I eat I eat at a Starbucks and I eat at a McDonald's. Or what's wrong? What, what's wrong with the food? In no, chast, what, what's hey, wrong man, chast, what's listen, listen, chast. <laughs> yeah, that that's I, not. I, I don't touch foreign food too much when I'm yeah. overseas. I, I always keep to the so to some, no, keep it chair. Yeah, keep I keep it chair. Yeah. To what I know. So globalization to some some aspects has played a, a positive role because you, it's it's a you, the standard is quality around the world. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it, it allows you to. But when once it starts playing in in an unfair place like what what's happening in the uk now in the uk you won't find a mcdonald's at every corner like here here you'll find a mcdonald's and yeah but in the uk it's independent uk stores that are developing their brands young people running their burgers burger joints food stores clothing stores so it's not really commercialized mass retail like south africa is Mm. which throws you away from the which gets you out of the competition so Mm. we can limit like some places you don't have to have a mcdonald's like I don't think inside Sunset City you need a McDonald's inside the mall. No, I you really do. The no, mall. no, no, you do. 
No, you need uh, one inside the mall. Nah. Like, this, no, 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 no. I'm not, no, no. I'm not, I'm not like, a Big Mac fan. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you definitely need one. Because, again, so think about think about the people that live on top of the mall, right? So Michelangelo Towers, Raphael, Da Vinci. Uh, I, I, I got you. Like, you don't, you don't want to get into your car to go to the McDonald's, right? You just want to get into no, an elevator, go down into the no, mall, no, walk across. It. Convenience. Well, yeah, <laughs> convenience, right? But, then, but, but, but the convenience aspect, which what the UK, I mean, the mm-hmm. UK is, if you go to the UK malls now, the highest malls, I mean, like West West End Mall in the UK, yeah. Yeah. really top 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 malls. Mm. McDonald's is not inside the malls. They, what they're doing is they keep the recipes very international. The cuisine is international cuisine. Yeah, but again, we've but, got but a, it's still your brand. Yeah, it but remember what we space to compete. Remember what we mm. spoke about, right? We can't like this is my problem with government also, right? They like going overseas and things like that and bring yeah, all yeah, of the things sure, that they see sure. there yeah. and try yeah, and bring it here. Yeah. That's not going to work in South Africa. No. Like there's certain things that work, like Etos, for instance, right? That that works in the UK. <laughs> yeah. It really works there, like yes. because it's it's been built into the infrastructure. That's not mm-hmm. going to work here, right? Because we we are not necessarily forced to live and work in the same area. Because mm-hmm. if you go to the UK, like everything's developed there, right? So you really can't just work from home. Yeah, that's not going to happen here yet. You know, so globalization. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I really am. Um, as a consumer, as an entrepreneur. In my space, in the financial services space, yeah, it's not really a big threat. If anything, what we're happy, what we're happy about is that it's just bringing to the forefront like what people should be expecting from financial services firms and things like that. Because now you get to see everything, and you see, you start seeing the tech and all of those things coming through. You know, like when when we look at it, our banking system is actually not that far behind the world. Yeah, right. Definitely. We're really not that far yeah. behind. We're top five. Without a doubt. Yeah, we're definitely top five in the world. Which is great. It's great to see because this is what globalization has done. Yeah, but it's about. Yeah, it's, it's brought about change, right? Digital banking mm-hmm. and things like that. You don't have to walk into a branch anymore. But that, that also comes at a cost. You, you must just check your bank charges. Because, and that's, and that's the thing. So as an entrepreneur, you've also got to find ways of getting these things done, you know, and once you find those ways, I mean, we've got banks here. Obviously, no names will be mentioned that have like, that digital thing and charging for it, my goodness, uh, they've got this thing down to a T. Like they they charge you for everything, including buying airtime from yeah, yourself. Like buying airtime, guys, you get charged to buy airtime. Like how does that even make sense? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know what? Yeah. And I've had the I've had the privilege of like advising some of their top guys on tax and things like that. Right. So we actually have these conversations, and I brought that up. I was like, why would you charge me to buy airtime? Straight off the app And he's just like Guy If you needed to go to the garage Would you not be getting into your car For instance Would you not be getting into your car And using fuel to go yeah, Purchase yeah, it yeah. I was like Yeah And he was like Okay cool Thanks We're done now <laughs> I was like Yo yeah, but, Okay so there really is no free lunch right? Like, yeah. no, no, definitely. <laughs> but I, I also think South Africa Because it's a, such an equal, an equal society We're probably Also the highest Number one In the top five Unequal societies in the world. Yeah, India's India's in the, right in the same breath yeah. as we are mm. doing well in banking, doing well. We are also extremely. We're also the highest unequal society yeah. in, in the top five. You know, uh, and and that's because of mm. business. In South African business, hasn't learned to a certain degree about fair capital rules, and fair capital is a concept that could actually allow us to be to have open discussions. Yeah. Like, why should you charge for that? You're living in an equal society where yeah. majority of people need that service. And they'll charge a premium for it on top of that. Mm. You know, yeah, of course. I, I, I was traveling recently to just in Cape Town somewhere. 
and I picked up something really, really, really crazy, and it really made me upset. Uh, I was staying at a hotel, and I got a bill, and I looked at the bill, and I looked at the deposits, and I looked at everything else, and I looked at the season I was staying, the time of the year yeah. as well, and I actually followed up, and I followed, started following up a lot of payments and invoices, and I realized, at times, people of color get charged more mm. for services. Yeah. And it's a it's something that's weird for me to even explain, but I've picked it up that, for example, if you need a service from a supplier to supply you with fabric for the furniture I have to make, I'll get a price this week that's different to a price next week hmm. from a supplier of yeah. another color, all right? Without racializing it, but I feel like even that is still a problem in the country that, that. the... That the old guard, they still get protection in terms of pricing of stuff they buy. Mm. So if a corporate, a big corporate books into a hotel, they pay cheaper than you and I as young entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah you know it's because a, of their name, because of that's true what they do and what that's they negotiate. True. As a young entrepreneur, you pay premium. You do all to stay time. anywhere or to, anyway, do, yeah. to hire a conference venue where you want to host people. Uh, you you're gonna be you're gonna oh, be built more. Be, you're gonna be built more. No, then, then a normal big you know, corporate which fights for price and says, "No, we're not yeah, paying for that. Yeah, yeah. We want to yeah. go elsewhere." Then they say, "Okay, yeah. we'll drop prices." Because of that, because of, of that yeah. power. So, yeah. so we have, we still, and unfortunately, it hurts mm. young black business people who need to enter into retail spaces that are still priced at a premium to open a store. Now they're charging you a premium just to be inside Santon. From the difference from from Edcon, difference from Pick and Pay, difference yeah, yeah. from Shoprite. Ask yourself, why do you why do you only have pick and pay and shop ride in malls? Why don't mm. you have Maponya Foods? Mm. 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 Hmm? Yeah, because malls won't allow you to open another store similar to what the two big chains have. Yeah. So protectionism is there. Mm. Yeah, fact, mm. it's there. It's and I mean, they've got guaranteed. They've got guaranteed, mm. guaranteed mm. capital. Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed I mean, a capital, yeah. big chain that's going to come in and say twenty five years. Twenty five years. Twenty five years. Yeah. We're in at a flat eight eight percent, ten percent inflatable rate True. yearly. True. But you know what? Uh, you know, you know what my feeling has been. I've, I've, I think I've got personally, I've got a growing feeling that says, um, I find that the way the economy is kind of set up and the way retail is also set up, people that have a lot of money spend less on things. Yes. I than people who are poor. I'll tell you why people with money spend. It's, 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 it's one of the craziest things. So, I mean, just, just, I think as a supporting thing to this. So I go to the airport. When I go to the airport, I've got my flyer miles that are latched onto something else. Yep. And then I almost fly for free sometimes. And then I'm sitting in the lounge eating whatever the heavens I want. And I'm eating this thing for free. There are all these add-ons, but sometimes when you look closely, when I look closely, for instance, at my bank statement now compared to five years ago, I was easy paying anything between 3,000 rand a month on bank fees, whereas now it's dropped down to like a 1,000. Then you ask yourself, no, man, this doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah, but but yes. that saying, that saying is true, right? Why do, why do people with money have a lot of money? Right? Mm. Because they never spend it. Right? It's really that simple. You can yeah. walk into, let's use retail for an example, right? You can walk into places and be given a discount immediately because people there know you have money. Yes, true. Right? You're getting a discount on your clothing. Yes. Right? You I can tell you this for a fact, right? When I used to, because one thing that I love is buying clothes, right? I, I actually enjoy you look shopping, good. right? Thank you. You right? do. You look good. Looking really good. I really enjoy clothes. I can tell you right now, over the last three years, yeah, I have not paid full price for 
anything from a re- whether it's shoes, sneakers, socks, shirts. Wow. I do not pay full price because I'll say to the guy, I'll be like, guy, come on, Are you you joking? This is right, but that that then latches on to those big corporates when they want to get their conference venues, right? Yeah. Just like guy. If you treat me well, I'll always come back here. Yes. Right? Mm. And that's, and that's how, that's how it goes. And that's where, that's why they always say like the people who have money, right? Or have access or have that like knowledge. Cause you don't always have to have money. You must just have the knowledge of it. Right. Mm. So I've seen entrepreneurs that like not broke, but like he's not making it yet. Book specific conference venues at like a discounted rate purely because he spoke. Mm. Right. You, you've also got to get out of that thing of like just accepting mm-hmm. everything as it is. Yes, look, obviously don't now go to pick and pay or checkers and try to fight them about the bread price. Right? <laughs> <laughs> don't try yeah, get a yeah, 10% yeah, yeah, discount on bread, right? Yeah, sure. I think it's, 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 it's go back to priority as an entrepreneur. You know, here it's a, I've got a hundred run, for example, as an entrepreneur and this other person has got 100 run. He's poor. I'm rich. You know, for me, I'm going to go to what works for me. You know, it's not about, um, impressing someone next to me because I know I've, I've, I've got, I've, I've got money. It's not about, uh, buying a beautiful car. If I buy a beautiful car, which means I can afford it. It's not for, for me to impress. You know, go to Timbisa and then take all the ladies with yeah, my car. Busy corner. Busy, busy <laughs> corner. corner. You're that guy. No, we see you. <laughs> We've seen you. No, no, but this is not about that. It's about priority. If, 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 if I can go to a shop and buy, I mean, retail store and I buy clothes that costs 10 rand, for example, you know, and I'm fine and I'm cool. I'm looking presentable. Then I'm fine. I can go and steal be, um, the big this business deals with okay. that loads, you know. And then you, cause you, you, you want to impress and you, you, you want to people to see you. You will definitely take your money and go to the BS store in Sunset or whatever in Melrose and try to buy those expensive things and try to, 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 to impress only to find that it's not about, uh, I mean, how you look. Okay. Yes. Partly so, but it's about how you think. You know, it's, it's not about the, the developed country yeah. that will bring about the developed person. It's a person first to be developed and then he will develop the country. But then you cannot develop a country with a mentality of impressing. You cannot develop a country yeah. with a mentality of, okay, I have money mm. and I'll, I'll go for mm. this, I'll go for that. What, what are you doing? I think that's the most important thing. And if me and you as an entrepreneur, we can change. I believe we can try to change the, 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 the person next to us because only changed people are the ones to change the world. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I can't believe an hour flew by so quick. (laughs) (laughs) Are we we done? Yeah, but I think before we wrap up, I mean, we left at like four minutes or three minutes. Please tell us what you do and how we can get a hold of your services. Uh, Cool. So, again, my name is Mikal Moyo. Um, Twitter handle is Mikal Moyo. Instagram is Lord Moyo. so we do tax, like I said, so you can just get hold of me literally on our social media. Our website is currently down at this present moment in time. We're just doing a revamp because we've added new members and new partners and things like that. So we're putting up all their profiles now and we're doing a complete revamp, but we're based in Santon, 171 Catherine Street. So just drop me anything on Instagram, WhatsApp. Um, my WhatsApp number is 063-376-0397. So if you ever need anything, I'm available there. Just drop me a line. Perfect. So, um, once again, Cats Industrialist. That's that's uh, my Instagram handle. Twitter handle is Cats Industrialist One. Uh, you can reach me there. I've got a new big blog that I'm launching as well. Uh, the next Industrialist, where we're going to be talking about topics from the fourth industrial oh, age oh. to driverless cars to 
manufacturing in Africa to AI to a whole lot of other topics that people can catch me on, we can chat about. Uh, I'm in the manufacturing space, as you all know. I do TVs, I do furniture. You can go to dinatlar.co.za. Uh, you'll find out more about what we manufacture. We custom make uh, a product, uh, office furniture, house nice, furniture. Nice. Uh, we also custom make uh, uh, electronic products for private clients. But majority of the time, we do business with retailers. And so if you're a retailer, you're out there, you need a new manufacturer to supply you with furniture uh, specifically for your customers, for your outlet. You're a small mm-hmm. retailer. You're an independent retailer. You're a starting retailer. Pay me a visit. Come go to my website and let me supply you with your first furniture for your online store, for your physical store, and let's make it work. Perfect. So, hey, this guy is, took my thirty minutes, but then it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expropriating. <laughs> yeah, we're here for everything, chief. Every, all of it. Yeah, but then quickly, um, as I said, my name is Matlorenolo Tagalo on Facebook, Matlorenolo Tagalo on Instagram, Matlorenolo Tagalo on Twitter, uh, and then also we do have like La Machia Group on Facebook. That's our, our page. We do photography, videography, we organize, we manage, and then we also do the events and catch us in, uh, Mabopani. We'll be there. We're doing with the poetry session. And my number phone is 078-316-4544. 078-316-4544. Now? Uh, I can be found on Twitter uh, as 360Biz Show. Unfortunately, I'm the, not for, unfortunately, but fortunately, I'm the social media person. So I can be found at, at 360Biz Show and on, we're also on Facebook, 360Biz Show. Yeah, man. Thank you guys. But I'd love to host you guys at tea. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Definitely love to host you guys at tea so that we can talk more about yeah, this. Definitely, definitely love definitely. to host you guys. Oh, yeah, the round table. Let's do it. Thank you guys so can we, much. Can we put something else in the tea though? Or? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much guys for listening. Um, we'll be posting the guest details on our social media page if you guys want to find out more about what they do and how to get a hold of them. Thank you for listening to the show. You can down- also download the podcast a little bit later on in the day. Have a beautiful day. See you next week. This is cliffcentral.com.